0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network,
1: its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hallowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith.
2: Welcome. I'm so happy you could be with us today. It is just a beautiful day in Virginia, and we are just so excited. This uh, cast, Illuminating Leadership is going worldwide, and I appreciate everyone in China and Iran and Turkey and the United Arab Emirates that are listening. And then, of course, all my friends in the U.S. that have reached out and sent notes. You're making this a great program, and we love the feedback we're getting from, from you. So please, here's how you can reach out. Uh, again, I'm Jeff Smith at, at com. If you like to call in, it's 1866 472 5788 Our website is www.voltageleadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith, Voltage Leadership Consulting, and follow me on Twitter at JMUjeff. I am so excited. Today, we've got Marissa Keegan with us. Marissa, you want to say hi as I introduce you?
3: Hey, everybody.
2: That's Marissa. And so Marissa and I have worked together at Voltage Leadership Consulting. She's also a wonderful thought leader. For the past 10 years, she's been helping organizations increase both employee and customer engagement. She worked for Rackspace. And while there, Marissa worked alongside leaders to define, embed, and live the values of the organization for both employees and customers. In 2007, Rackspace landed in the best places to work list where it has been ever since. In addition, Managers in the email and app divisions were recognized by Gallup as being in the, t- in the top 95% of effective managers in the U.S. So I'm sure that she's going to have some great lessons to share with us about engagement. Later on, Marissa also worked at MoDia, an average digital advertising agency. Furthermore, she worked with Voltage Leadership, has been doing just a fabulous job of connecting with our leaders, and continues to work in various places, spreading her wealth and knowledge. Marissa has her uh, bachelors in psychology and masters in io psychology. She is a fantastic leader, also a mom to twin boys, married, and all kind of fantastic things I'm looking forward to. And just recently went on a trip to Disney World. I'm glad you got out before the hurricane, however. So, me Marissa, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm excited to be here.
2: Well, you know, one of the things that Marissa has been doing is she wrote a book, um As well as is uh, leading a podcast called Utter Brilliance. Is that correct?
3: That's correct. Yes, where we're 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 interviewing leaders about business, leadership, and engagement, and it's been a fun project.
2: Well, and then of course your uh, book about culture—you know, culture—it's more than blue jeans and margarita machines. So you've just been an outstanding thought leader. In the field already, maybe tell me what got you interested in culture first and foremost, and then we'll work our way to engagement. So Marissa, how did you get interested in this culture stuff?
3: Yeah, you know, I I always really liked learning about companies and and the work that they were doing to create a great experience for their employees and for their customers. And that really, it, it started in undergrad in psychology. It went right through my master's degree in I.O., Um, And then I was really fortunate when I came out of school to connect with a leader named Pat Matthews, who I just respect so highly. And he was at the time starting his own company called webmail.us, which eventually merged with Rackspace. And when I met him, all he talked about was how we were going to be the company that won because of our people and because of the culture that we we would be able to create. And so I joined his company at 25 people. And immediately we were able to start winning best place to work in the state awards and all kinds of recognition for the, the levels of culture and engagement we were able to achieve. As that company started to, um, to mature and grow, we grew very quickly. I think it was from 25 employees to about 125 employees in a matter of months. And we knew that what, we, what our competitive advantage as we tried to compete against companies like Google and Amazon As they were entering our space, which at the time was business hosting for email, um, we knew the only way we were going to beat them is if we could hire the best talent, um, in many cases right out from underneath them, which we were able to do kind of successfully in a lot of instances. And so really, that was where I started to become more uh, excited about culture and engagement and where I really had a chance to test and to dig into what created great levels of engagement and a strong culture. And I would say sort of the moment that sealed the deal for me and really showed me that the engagement and the culture space were going to be the places that I played for the rest of my career. Um, we were trying to, to redesign our performance management system. And this was 10 years ago when, you know, people were still thinking of the traditional performance review system, one year annual performance review as sort of the standard.
1: Sure. And
3: I'll, I'll never forget that Pat approached me and he said, You know, we're in the process of redesigning our performance review process. I don't want you to look around at the people local in our community. I don't want you to go to local events and ask people what they're doing. I want you to find the companies that are doing the best work in the world around performance management and the development of their people, and I want you to go visit them and I want you to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it, what they would do differently if they could go back and redesign their own processes. And so he actually put me on a plane and I flew across the country to a couple of different companies and I got to really talk to the CEOs of those organizations and find out what they were doing that was cutting edge around culture and engagement, what their philosophies were as leaders, what they believed it was going to take to to be able to have some of the best engagement levels in the world. And it was really at that point that I transitioned away from sort of HR recruiting world and much more into the engagement um, and the customer experience, employee experience space. And yeah. I've never really looked back. You know, it's just always been a, a thing I'm, I was passionate about, an area I'm passionate about. And so I've spent every really day since then trying to figure out how I can help other leaders understand what it truly takes to create world class engagement.
2: Well, Marissa, this is extremely interesting. I know that from our work together, you know, we're both. Uh, Extremely excited about culture. How does it impact organizations? I want to concentrate today a lot on this um, engagement part of the culture. You know, and so you know, we kind of titled this uh, show "Engagement by Design." You know, so when we think about engagement, you know, that that gets tossed around a lot. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of a buzzword these days. You know, if I, I think I was inside a company, I think with culture and engagement and a few other things, I might go, you know, bingo. You know, so when, when you're talking about engagement, you know, what does that mean? And, you know, t- maybe we'll start the process of exactly what do you mean by engagement and, and designing it? Uh, I'm curious. What do you mean?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. Engagement is becoming a word that is just so overused right now. It's trendy. It's a buzzword. Um, and I, I hear people throwing it around in the wrong context all the time. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, I actually don't know what will happen in the future, whether or not I believe engagement becomes so diluted that we have to try to find a different way to explain what I'm talking about and what my peers in, in the, the space are talking about. You know, people will say things like, we sent out a newsletter, we engaged with our customers. That's actually not engagement, right? Sending out, doing something tactical for for your customers or your employees isn't It's not what engagement's about. Engagement is about creating a true emotional reaction in someone that is positive and that draws them to the next place that you need them to be. So Mm -hmm. for example, when we talk about customer engagement, what we need is we need to create processes within organizations. We need to design engagement so that from a time, from the time a customer becomes aware of who you are as an organization, you know what it's going to take emotionally to draw them to take the next step with you, so they're aware, but they need to feel they need to feel um, intrigued in order to to maybe explore your website more. And once they've explored your website, if they're not feeling intrigued, then you lose them. Just mm-hmm. the act of having that website is not enough to create that engagement moment, and you need to give customers moments to feel a positive feeling. That will draw them through your organization to the point where they're monitoring your products and services, to the point where they're activating or they're buying your product and services, straight through to the point where they're customers of yours and they're now evangelizing your product and services. And so they're out there really being your brand champions. And the same thing happens for, customer, for your employees. You know, engagement is about creating an emotion where people come to work every day and they're, they're excited and motivated and they're ready to do great work for you, it's not just dropping another program on your employees and saying, like, that's a moment we gave them to be engaged. It has to be really well thought out and really well designed. And engagement, you know, I heard someone say this about culture the other day, so I'm going to kind of steal it and twist it a little for engagement. But, you know, if you have good customer engagement today, but you don't know how you got there, or you have good employee engagement today, but you don't know how you got there, then if things start to change tomorrow, you won't know what to fix or or you won't know how to get back to that place that you're at. Um, so engagement really has to be intentional. It has to be designed. And we're working right now on frameworks that actually help leaders understand how to do this.
2: Good, so um, what a great start. So much interesting stuff that's, that's in this, uh, Marissa, um, with engagement and culture. You know, what I want to do is we're getting ready to go to break. So after break, we'll uh, continue that discussion. I want, want to dive a little bit more into the employee engagement. But already I've heard that engagement is about creating emotion. We have to be intentional and we have to design it. So when we come back from break, we're going to pick up on that theme. So we'll see you in two minutes.
4: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
5: psych up live with host dr suzanne phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective it's a look at what matters to us
6: Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel.
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: You are listening to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1 866 472 5788. Again, that's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now, back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
2: Welcome back. This is Jeff Smith. I'm here today with Marissa Keegan. She's an author, speaker, Podcaster, um, consultant, and an all-around great person. So, before the break, Marissa and I were talking about uh, engagement, and we're really talking about how do you design engagement. And we were talking about a little bit of how do you do it with customers, and now we're going to continue the conversation into how do we get real intentional about how do we design engagement to get the most out of our employees. And so, Marissa, you know, one of the things that you've talked about a lot is, you know, it's not it can just be a buzzword. It can just be a check-the-box activity. When you see cultures that have great engagement, maybe tell me about what what happens inside those cultures and, you know, what are some of the maybe the tools, tricks, etc. that people are using to get that great engagement.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, if we think about it from a high level in an organization, there are three focus areas that leaders have to pay attention to if they want to create engagement across the entire organization. Those three focus areas are organizational strategy, customer experience, and operational design. And employee engagement actually falls within operational design. And again, you'll notice we intentionally use that word design because it's not something that just happens. Organizations that typically sort of approach you and I about doing work around strengthening employee engagement, the first thing that we do is we, we talk about, you know, what are you currently doing from an employee engagement perspective? Um, and we look for things that are more than just the fun stuff, right? You mentioned <laughs> yeah. you mentioned you know my book earlier C- culture being more than jeans and margarita machines. you know we want to help people understand right off the bat that engagement's not about the fun stuff. it's about what's sort of under the surface for an organization. So we typically um, try to sort through what are they doing that, that is fun but not necessarily engagement and what are they doing to track and measure and understand true engagement. Um, Typically, we then kind of go ahead and look at what are the surveys that they're using, how are they measuring engagement, and what are they saying to their leaders and at the leadership level to start embedding engagement as a strategy inside their organization at an operational level.
2: Yeah, that's a great start. Um, Yeah, I think it's curious that the organizations that I get to work with a lot of times, Marissa, um, are just what you described. There's actually a lot of times fantastic engagement, but it's a little bit inconsistent across the board. You know, so I like this uh, organized design. What do you see sort of the um, role of the leader in the engagement? So, you know, when I when I look at best practices, so I'm picturing someone that I was just coaching just for our session today. What he's doing really well now is it's a regular communication pattern it's it, they yes they have ping pong tables and they have the arcade machines because they are a technology company so they got to check that box in their in their mind right
3: mm-hmm. yeah
2: it, it's funny how little I actually see people playing at those things but I got to tell you this culture is fantastically engaged because they get they come around a um, common problem they get recognized and rewarded and they just love solving the problem for the organization and what the leader does well is he gives them tough problems to solve. And then rewards them for doing a great job, and that, to your point, is way more important than the uh, you know the arcade or the free soda. You know, so yeah. you know, tell me maybe about what what leaders can be doing to design this engagement.
3: Yeah, number one, I think they have to be committed. You mm-hmm. know, a leader really has to ask themselves: Is this something that I feel like I should be? saying I care about because other people are saying they care about it and I know it's cool and trendy? Or is this something that I'm actually willing to wake up every single morning and make decisions in alignment with? And the truth is many, many leaders that I come across have, they just want to check the box. You know, they want, they want their HR department to create the values and they want the HR department to, to kind of do the work behind it, but they want to be able to say, yes, we care about engagement. I think first and foremost, as a leader, do you really care about creating engagement every single day? And Mm -hmm. are you willing to create alignment in your interview process, in your performance review process, in your termination process, in everything that you do, you have to think about, is is this moment, is this decision going to build my people up so that they can innovate and they can be Problem solving, and they can be working together, or is this a moment that's going to create an obstacle that makes it less likely that they're going to be able to do those things? And as a leader who cares about engagement, your main role is to understand what obstacles are in your people's way, and how do you get those those obstacles out of their way?
2: Mercer, hmm. that's great. You know, you know, I've done a uh, obstacle course together, and mm-hmm. uh, where we blindfold the leaders, and we often talk about that. We you know, when I go and clear the course, I make things easier, but I almost never get thanked, right? Because that's really not the leader's job to be thanked. It is their job to clear the obstacle course. You know, so that, that, I guess that brings me to a question, you know, clearly it's a leader's job to have responsibility for engagement. um, But who else is responsible for engagement in an organization? Is that just something we ship off to HR or, you know, whose responsibility is engagement in an organization?
3: I couldn't be more excited about that you're asking that question. So I've, been trying to figure out the answer to that question for the last 10 years, because it actually does seem to vary a little bit. But what I have realized, and this is, I mean, I've been talking to CEOs and leaders in best places to work now for 10 years. I'm Mm -hmm. really trying to get to the bottom of this. And what I have figured out is that the CEOs in the best places to work in the country, they own and care about engagement, but Mm -hmm. they have, they're the vision, they're the visionaries. So they are, they're the ones who say, I care about engagement. I think it's going to be our differentiator. I've built it into our strategic plan. I have big dreams for us in the engagement space. But then they have someone that actually is the person in the organization who institutionalizes their vision. And so if you think about that, the CEO has a million things to do. He or she cannot spend every minute of their day wondering if the people at the very front line of the organization are as engaged in the customer and in their experience in that in that company because they've just got too much other stuff to do. But there, there is almost every single time that I come across a leader in a best place to work, there is a partner that that person has. And when the CEO, and typically it's the HR pro or the engagement pro, when they partner, The level of engagement that they're able to create from their organization is incredible. Now, I will say there are some organizations where the CEO and many of their leaders, of the executive leaders, are so in sync that they don't necessarily um, need HR to play as much of an engagement role. But HR is still always there as a major um, coaching, development, and supportive role in engagement.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so it sounds like it could vary, but let's get started, right? It's just a matter of uh, don't, don't wait for it to be a perfect time. Make sure that you have the vision. Uh, I go back to your, uh, it's about uh, con- really connecting at an emotional level, being intentional and in design it. And I don't think there's a perfect time to start. And so you don't have to be in a place where you're in a bad spot. You don't have to be, you know, at 3,000 employees. You know, engagement starts from where you are today, and what I'm curious about is maybe some of the design. So you kind of talked about the, the, the three parts, organizational strategy, operational design, and customer experience. But when you sit down with uh, you know, the leader and you get called in, what are the first couple things that you really do? So I know you said you, you kind of look back and you see what they've already been doing. But what are the first couple things that you might put in place in an engagement strategy?
3: Are you talking about an employee engagement strategy or an overall sort of engagement transformation
2: yeah, yeah, good question. I think we'll get to uh, employee later. This one's an overall engagement strategy.
3: Yeah, so I take a look with the leader of that company into the three focus areas that you just mentioned. Mm. So, in organizational strategy, the things that we're looking for are: do you know what your organizational sort of true north is, which mm. is the direction you're heading. Sure. Not only do you know what that that true north is, but does, does everyone in the organization know it? Are all your employees able to say, here's where we're trying to go? At Rackspace, when we were just the email and apps division, every single employee in the organization knew that what we were trying to do was to build world-class, biz- we were trying to be the best in the world at business class email hosting, right? That was our true north. Everybody knew it. And the way we were going to win was through fanatical support which was how we were going to get there. So we look at that true north directionally. Does everyone know where they're going? We then take a look at the strategic plan of the organization. How much of that strategic plan is focused on your people and the engagement of your people? And more importantly, in many instances, the engagement of your customers. Mm -hmm. Then after that, we're looking at organizational leadership alignment. Is your board in alignment with your strategic plan? Uh, Is your board developed enough that they can really speak to um, and be good leaders on behalf of the organization? Same thing with the executive leadership team. We'll take them through the same types of exercises and try to make sure that the executive team is cohesive and that everyone's facing the same direction and that everyone knows where they're going and what the strategic plan means and how it's going to play out. So that's organizational strategy. Then we head we head over to operational design, which is internal, employee driven. Do your employee do you have an engagement strategy for how you're going to engage your employees? Do your employees understand the strategic plan? Do they know what their role is in creating the strategic plan? Are they being held accountable every day for doing work that aligns with your strategic plan? Um, and then from there, we jump into the customer experience, which is, Do you have a customer experience journey mapped out? Do you know what the pathways are for your customers to come in? Do you know where their feedback comes from and where it goes once you've gotten feedback? Everything from a customer experience perspective. And so we help companies kind of break that stuff down so they can figure out where their pain points are and where they want to start. Um, Because like you said, what's most important isn't really where a company is today. It's Mm -hmm. about where they want to go tomorrow. And there's a way to figure out where the best area is to start, which truth be told, I think so many leaders want engagement, but they just don't know where to start. And what I think we can really do is help them figure out exactly where it makes sense for them to start as an organization.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Marissa, brilliant. Uh, I, I love that. Um, you know, For me, it's, it's often that case of the true north, You know, folks just get distracted. They're busy. You know, they've got the smartphone. We had Scott Ebelin on last week with Overworked and Overwhelmed. And, you know, we kind of talked about being racked and stacked. And so each day they're, like, going from meeting to meeting to meeting. And so it's even hard to find time. Like, are we still in our true north? Um, You know, how do we change the systems that reinforce this engagement? So, you know, I think some of it is even finding the time for that. So I think having someone like you... Uh, To be able to give them some insights is critical. I'm curious about some of the work that you've been doing at the Medical Society of Virginia. You know, I know that that that's been uh, inspiring work and that you've got some really great stories from there. So could you walk us through that journey?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that made me decide that the Medical Society of Virginia was a good next step for me as a project is that they actually had – it's a 200-year-old association – and they, they brought on their first female executive vice president, which is essentially a CEO. And sure. they had asked her to really help transform the organization and to make sure that they were sustainable in the future and that members were engaged and that they were offering programming that allowed the organization to be sound and continue to grow in, uh, into the future. So within about a month um, of her being there, she she reached out to me and she said, you know, I'm not quite sure what what we need you to do, but I just know that as an organization, engagement is going to be the future for us. And I ultimately decided to take on this project because for for basically 10 years, the, the whole time that I'd been um, interviewing and trying to understand engagement, the feedback that my critics would give me was, you come from this idealistic space, it's the technology world, engagement's so easy because you throw <laughs> a ping pong table and some you know, alcohol at them, and you've got engagement. And I really struggled to prove to people that there's actually a design that creates engagement. And what we had done in the organizations I'd been in is that we went through the systematic design step by step by step and created engagement. And I believed so wholeheartedly that it could be done in any organization that I really was excited to take on this project for two reasons. Number one, I think it's my chance to sort of prove to the world that there is a system that can, that can be used and a design that will help any organization achieve higher levels of engagement. And number two, the leader of the organization really cared about engagement and believed she knew some of the steps we could take to get there, but saw me as a valuable partner. And that's exactly the kind of relationship I would have to have with a CEO in a company um, because they have to be so fully invested in it. Absolutely. So, so when I came in, um, we had a ton of work to do, but we kind of started where I where I mentioned to you before, which is that we took a look at our organizational strategy, and we spent a year talking to members, which are their customers, really trying to understand where the future of their industry and their business is going. Um, and we pulled together a strategic plan um, that I have to say, when we present it to our board and to the leaders of the organization Uh, we got a standing ovation so they felt heard and that was an amazing experience give it up give it up
2: yeah enjoy that and
3: one one (laughs) i know and one of the members he's he's a long-standing member actually cried and said to us thank you for bringing the happiness back because he felt like for the first time in a long time We built a strategic plan around what he believed the future of the organization should be, which is one where people want to be part of it and where they're drawn to it because we offer an experience that they want to be part of. So we took them through the whole process of creating a true north for the organization, creating a strategic plan. We're working on um, leadership and organizational alignment. And we did, um, this is another cool thing. We did a, a completely redesigned board handbook where we talked about what it means to be a strong board, what it means to be a strong board member, what individually, how they can strengthen their leadership on the board. Um, And that board handbook was presented at a national conference recently, and we handed those handbooks out to people in the audience. And we've had associations from across the country call us and ask if they can use our board handbook to help shape their boards. So really cool work there. And then um, we've been working on the operational design. So what do we do with our employees and how do we help build an engagement model for them? How do we help um, our employees understand our new experience model, which is the model we'll use to ensure that we're bringing uh, members through the organization and up as leaders? And then we're working into 2017. We're going to be continuing to do work around the customer experience and how we can create really strong customer experiences for our members. Um, So that they are wanting to come back and that they are not only part of the organization, but they're actually leading and that they're champions of our brand. And we do have, um, we have a huge board meeting coming up this weekend, actually. And so we have had a one pager created that outlines the three focus areas and all the work we've done within it. I'm really, really excited about it. And I think it's it's beautiful and kind of lays the framework out. Um, specifically for MSV, but I am happy to share that in any way with your listeners. Um, They're welcome. Uh, I'd be happy to send a PDF of
2: that to anyone that's interested. Well, that's great. Well, in this segment, we have learned a ton from Marissa around um, how do we go about putting an engagement strategy in for our culture? And how do we do it in our organization? So things like making sure you understand your purpose, your true north, having a clear strategy, and connecting that To your organizational alignment. So it's not good enough just to have strategy. You got to align it to your organizational processes, all the things that are there. When we come back from break, what we're going to do is we're going to get down and dirty and some practical stuff. Because I know a lot of you are struggling with how do I get engaged with my employers more more effectively. So, excuse me, when Marissa and I come back, we may have to explore some of these titles like Cultural Maven and Blue Jeans and Margarita Scenes because one of the listeners loves her titles. So when we come back from break, we'll explore titles and we'll explore how to engage with our employees. We'll be back in two. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast.
4: All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
5: Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com.
4: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: You are listening to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership.
2: Welcome back and thank you so much for being with us today. I am on with my good friend, Marissa Keegan, The author of Culture, It's More Than Blue Jeans and Margarita Machines. She also does a podcast called Utter Brilliance. I absolutely want you to check it out. So, Marissa, before the break, we were talking a lot about sort of the the organizational level. How do we engage in um, this thing called engagement? You know, and how do we get it in place? So this segment, we'll talk a lot more about how do we do it maybe at the employee level? But first and foremost, what's up with a culture maven and these blue jeans and margarita machines? You're just outrageously yeah. creative. You know, I love it. Tell me about yeah. these
3: titles. Culture, I don't know where culture maven came from. We just, it, we came up with it one day at Rackspace and it was about the time I was transitioning out of HR and recruiting. And so I'd been running those two departments and I wanted to hand it off to a really amazing HR pro. And so I didn't want HR in my title anymore because she mm. was taking that over. So we just came up with culture maven. Um, the The book, more than jeans and uh, margarita machines, it came from people constantly asking. When I was at RackSpace, you know, if the reason, if what I did all day was throw parties, <laughs> and you know, I said it's so much more than throwing parties. In fact, we had a whole team that did throw parties, but I, I didn't manage them; it was someone else. And um, and that was really when I wanted to. I started that message around. Listen, culture is so much more than the fun stuff. It's really design thinking around the experiences that you want your people to
2: have. Well, I think that's a great lead-in, Marissa, to something I want to cover. Because, you know, I work in the same space. We get this all the time. Like, it just doesn't seem like our employees are that motivated, or they don't seem that engaged, or you've got that employee that's been here for, name it, one year, three years, 10 years, depending on the organization, and they just seem to be kind of status quo. So, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about, what are some of your best practices you've seen specifically around employee engagement?
3: Yeah. The one I always tell people about is that what you have to have as a leader is a curiosity around what's getting in your people's way. Mm -hmm. And so I always say the easiest way to start getting a pulse on engagement is to to ask a few really thought-provoking questions, two of my favorite. One of the questions is, what's one thing that's happened here in our business in the last couple of weeks that's been frustrating to you, right? And what they tell you can be really powerful. And so that's one question. The second question is, what's one thing as a leader that you wish I would do differently so you can have a better experience here? And so again, as a leader, the first step to trying to understand engagement and the engagement of your people is to try to figure out what the experience is that they're having, ask some key questions, and try to be invested in figuring out how you can help them take down those roadblocks so they can move forward. um, And
2: Ooh, I think we lost Melissa there. Uh, Marissa, there for a second. Marissa, are you back? Oh yeah, I'm back.
3: Can you hear okay. me? Okay.
2: Yeah, it just faded out for a second. So here's here's what I heard you saying is it really starts with curiosity, the leader um, asking some good questions to get a gauge for where do we stand, and then I'm sure you're going into now execute against that. You know, one of the things I like to talk about is um, to your point it it really starts with do you understand what it's like to be in your employee's shoes similarly you you need to ask that question about your customers but for employees have you sat at their desk do they have the tools that they even need to do their job you know if it's an open space environment which a lot of our uh, companies we work with um is there ever a chance for that introvert to have a quiet place to get some work done like they want to be engaged they want to be with others but they might process a little differently. So being able to have a, a side room to go and quietly think, that may not sound like engagement, but that's actually the best engagement for some folk. So I think it's a matter of starting out with, do they have the tools, resources to do the job? Do they have the expectations? So if you are working on uh, increasing engagement and motivation for your employees, one of the things I would have you do is set clear expectations, make sure that the people have the tools to do their job well, and then to your point, asking these questions like, you know, what's happened in the last two weeks It's frustrated you? What's one thing, if I could do better, that would make your job easier? Then I'll go do it, right? So maybe continue on. What are some of the best practices you're seeing in these, in these cultures that have high engagement?
3: You know, they are constantly wanting, the leaders in those companies are constantly wanting to know if they're doing a better job than they were yesterday. And mm-hmm. they're open to the idea that they're not always going to get great feedback. Mm-hmm. So in companies where I noticed the leaders are checking the box, what I see is that they do a survey, but they don't really look at the feedback or they ask the <laughs> question, but they don't really do anything about, about the response. Leaders in companies that are best places to work take that feedback, even when it stings because it doesn't always feel good. And they, oh, yeah. they really say, we want to be better tomorrow than we are today. And so they take that feedback and they do something with it. Now, it doesn't mean they fix every little thing, but it does mean they explain why they can't fix every little thing. And they they try to at least share with, with employees why the feedback or why that moment in time felt maybe not so great. Um, but by and large, they take the feedback and they do something with it. Is that something that you noticed too, Jeff?
2: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I was just thinking about that. Thanks, Marissa. I'm working with a laboratory firm out in Colorado, and um, the CEO went and met with every employee. A uh, little more than 100, 150 employees in this organization. And so uh, the CEO goes and basically does a start, stop, continue, wh- which we start doing, stop doing, and continue doing. And it was a listening tour. And you know I, I wrote this blog a, a while back, but it's basically feedback is a gift. It's just not one easily received. And so all feedback is uh, challenging here because even when it's good, you blush a little. And then when it's tough feedback, it can be like you get defensive and things. What I really appreciated about the CEO, though, was he just took all the feedback in, and then he came back and did a series of town halls and presented it back so the people knew that he was listening. And then he started just going down the list and saying, these are things I think we can do. Hey, I appreciate this feedback. We're also not going to be able to do that right now. I'm going to keep it on a list. Or, you know what, just strategically, we're choosing not to do that. I can't tell you what that did from a trust perspective, because people knew that their feedback mattered. And then he started to go and do some of these activities. And so the engagement level has risen dramatically. They were having a turnover challenge, and it's dropped almost 50%. And to me, that's a measure of engagement. They're like, hey, I'm willing to give this leader and now this team of leaders longer to really capture my heart and do my best work. Coincidentally, their quality and their efficiency have both gone up as well.
3: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, so. Thing- One thing you you said that I just wanted to hit on is that what he said to his team is, I heard your feedback. We will not get to all of it today, but I Mm -hmm. hear it. And let's talk about what we're going to get to, what we're going to make a decision to hold on and what we just can't do, right? What we may never be able to do. And just that conversation, the impact is so strong with employees because at least they feel heard and they feel like there's a plan.
2: Yeah, Absolutely, and and they felt valued, and that's engagement right there. Is that you know it's a two way conversation, and there were a few that first didn't want to give a lot of feedback, but then once they saw more feedback came. So one of the things I would also that I heard from you, Marissa, was, you know, they measure themselves, right, and so it's not just about getting feedback; they're also measuring how well they doing. And so I think for folks to know how we're doing, you have to measure everything from. How well do I get feedback from my manager to how often is recognition given out? Um, Also, maybe how often do I get to do my best work day in and day out? You know, so I think the measurement is a critical component in top cultures that really create engagement. Does that make sense to you? Is that what you're saying?
3: Absolutely. And one of the questions on the um, engagement surveys that we used to do at Rackspace, which we did twice a year. Um, which is a lot. I would say most companies do engagement surveys once a year, but the best places in the country definitely lean more towards twice a year. But the question that actually carried the most weight at Rackspace was the very last question, which was, as a result of the feedback I gave during our last engagement survey, I have seen changes happen. And if, if as a manager you scored low on that question, you were probably in more trouble than managers who scored lower on more questions uh, mm. than just that one. But that question matters so much because if people give you feedback over and over and over and do not see change, they'll stop giving you feedback. And you can't become a great place to work if you don't have access to what's not going well so that you can fix it.
2: Yeah. So Marissa, um, what I'm curious about too is Maybe some ownership. Like, So we talked about that uh, we put a lot of responsibility on our leaders. We also put some responsibility on maybe human resources sometimes to do this. What about the employees? What's their responsibility for their own engagement and being responsible for engaging with peers? So, you know, I know this, we're we're directing a lot of these comments to the leaders, but I'm just curious, what what part do the employees uh, own in this engagement?
3: They actually own quite a bit of it. And- Companies who allow the employees to not own it are making a huge mistake because Mm -hmm. it really is the employee's responsibility to play an active role in engagement for the organization. Now, what does that mean? That means that if they're hearing of challenges that are happening at the front line or at their sort of level in the organization, it's their job to actively try to solve for those problems. It's their job to not just wallow in whatever concerns there are but to talk to people and coach at a peer level to say, hey, who could you go to that could help us solve this problem? It is their responsibility to give honest and candid feedback. You know, if you have an employee who you're asking for feedback and they never have any, yet you know they're not happy and they're not having a good experience and they're not engaged, that, that really does ultimately fall on them um, if you have put all the processes in place to be able to um, allow them to give that feedback. I would say you always have to look at yourself as a leader to make sure you've really given them um, a free sort of communication channel. But I do believe that ultimately every single employee in an organization is responsible for engagement. and, And when employees at every level are engaged, you can tell. And you can also tell when there's employees who have just completely checked out. And I would say that's when you get to partner closely with HR to make some decisions around, is it just coaching Is there something really big that you need to, an obstacle you need to get out of their way, or is it time to have some conversations around whether that's really the right place for them?
2: Fantastic. Hey, Marissa, maybe like one more minute. Um, So I know you're doing this podcast and you've written a book. What's next in the the life and times of Marissa?
3: Yes. So more podcasting. Um, I really want to make sure that we are focused on engagement and that it's a podcast where leaders can come to learn about step-by-step what they can do in their organizations to increase engagement. Um, I'm also working on trying to take this model that I just spoke with you about, and I'm trying to figure out how I can get the information out there to more and more leaders so that if they're committed to transforming engagement or strengthening engagement in their organizations, they really have a way to say, okay, where can I start? Um, What can I do first? What can I do second? So I would say overall, I want to be um, hosting the podcast and getting to know more and more great leaders. I want to be speaking about this topic a whole lot more. And I want to be helping more and more companies transform their engagement.
2: Sorry about that sneeze there. That wasn't in representation of you. I just had to sneeze (laughs) and you're doing great things. So next for me was a sneeze. Uh, (laughs) Nice, Marissa, it has been just a joy to have you on the show. Uh, Marissa, for folks that don't know her, she's just an outstanding coach, facilitator, and a thought leader. And so I look forward to seeing where this engagement um, work goes for you, Marissa. Thank you. Yeah. And just know that This this type of engagement stuff that Marissa is talking about works in all cultures. And it really starts from what she talked about, the leader being curious. And know that engagement can't just be an accident. This has to be dedicated time. It's strategy. So for the folks that really go off and they work so much on what are our finances and let's work on our product, that's the what of our business. But this engagement is the how. How are we going to be together? What do we care about? And we need both to be successful. So in the companies that Marissa and I get to work with, the best companies don't just focus on the what, they also worry about the how. And so if you set some clear expectations, are able to align all of your practices, do some recognition, provide some ownership from the employees, and give ongoing developmental feedback, you're well on your way to engagement by design. So thank you, Marissa. So, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, guests, for being here today. We're so looking forward to having you back next week. Next week, we'll be with Jennifer Owen O'Quill, and we're going to be doing something called Coaching for Peak Performance. We're going to deal with how do you take your performers that are maybe status quo or superstars, and we're going to have different messages and give you tips and tools for how to coach most effectively in the workplace. So if you want to reach me, reach out at area code 540-798-1963. Shoot me an email at, at com. Our website is www Dot voltageleadership.com you can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff you've been listening to Illuminating Leadership again next week we will have Jennifer Owen O'Quill for coaching for peak performance at 1 p.m. Eastern 10 a.m. Pacific and it's been an honor and a joy to have you here today Marissa and look forward to seeing everyone next week thanks and make it a fantastic week
1: Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.
6: self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics.
7: If you think you've seen online TV before...
0: Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App
6: World, or Android Market. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships,